And we're back here on WKWZ 88.5 Syosset. I'm Colin Evans. I'm here alongside Sammy Sherry. And it's 4.20 Eastern right now. We just had some technical difficulties on there. As always, I'm in person at Syosset High School. Sammy's back. Who knows where he is right now, but whatever it was, <laughs> his connection wasn't working. And he got all, he got caught off air. So... Yeah. Just in case there are any issues going on before, we're going to quickly recap what we were just speaking about, which was the Francisco Lindor trade to the Mets. So for the next few minutes, we're just going to go over what we were speaking about for the first 15 minutes of the show, and then we will move on to the rest of the agenda. So again, just to reiterate, the Francisco Lindor trade, the Mets received Francisco Lindor and pitcher Carlos Carrasco. The Indians received Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green, Wolf and Green being the number 9 and 10 prospects respectively in the Mets system, Rosario and Jimenez being two shortstops, two young shortstops for this Mets team. And what to, again, just to paraphrase and recap what we were speaking about, we both agree that with Cleveland, you know, the path that they're heading on right now unfortunately is that in this time they really can't they don't have the assets to afford Lindor and Carrasco mm-hmm. being on the team looking at all the funds that they have. But also at the same time, they're they're really focusing on, you know, more of a retool rather than a rebuild. And with that being said, they still have some nice pieces from the Bauer trade, the Kluber trade, now this Lindor trade, and they still have Shane Bieber on the roster. So I don't think Cleveland is going to be stuck in the gutter for too long. And then again, to reiterate what we were talking about, the New York Mets, Really interesting aspect right here. It seems that they do have the pieces to contend. But again, just like always with every other team, everything has to go right for this Mets team if they really want to make it happen. You know, there's a lot of variables across the team. We were talking about a guy like Edwin Diaz. We can see what he does there. If he can step it up, they've added some nice pieces to the the bullpen like Trevor May. They added James McCann, another catcher who can be really good for this team. But again, the point that we left off on, and then we'll just close out the conversation by talking about this is we were talking about what moves the Mets should make next you know obviously George Springer the outfielder from Houston is still in free agency for this Mets team to potentially require acquire as they are the favorites right now but then there's another option Trevor Bauer the former Indian who is a pitcher and he's all over social media trying to see if the Mets want to go and buy him and see what price he can get to get back into the league on a, a really elite team and an even more elite pitching staff that he were to join the Mets. But Sammy was talking about his argument about why, you know, classic Sammy hot take right here, why the Mets should trade Pete Alonso, moving Dominic Smith to first base and allowing them other options to, you know, recalibrate and not have to give the big bucks to George Springer, who, have, again, is going to ask for a lot of money regardless. But again, there's only so much money that can go around despite how rich Steve Cohen is. But then I, you know, I brought back that counterpoint to you, Sammy, that we talk about culture so much on this show, especially with a team like the Mets, and losing a captain in Pete Alonso would be a huge hole for this team. And I think that men- mental aspect and the psychological aspect is just as important, if not more important, than the baseball aspect of him just being such a great hitter. Yes. So there's a lot going on here with this trade. Obviously, a blockbuster deal, something that not a lot of people saw, saw coming. But again, Steve Cohen put his money where his mouth has been. And Mets fans can't say anything bad about him now. He's already gone down as a legendary owner for this Mets franchise, amazingly. He's already doing better than the Wilpons did in all those years. But 
just to close off this argument, you know, you're going to give a quick counter to the Pete Alonso stuff, and then we'll move on. So just give your final thoughts on, you know, why you really feel so strongly about the Mets, you know, almost disregarding culture and letting their captain go astray for the sake of, you know, testing out, seeing what happened if Dominic Smith became the primary first baseman and, and seeing if they were able to get some other pieces around the roster. Well, Cole, Dominic Smith is a very good fielder, better than Pete Alonso, and hitting-wise, overall, I think he is as well. I know Pete Alonso has more power, but Dominic Smith, since he's slimmed down, his power has increased as well, and I feel overall, at first base is his position. You touched on a bit, left field is not where he's meant to be, and you could trade Alonso for maybe another outfielder that you could put in center or left, maybe move uh, Nimmo to left if you get a center fielder, or keep Nimmo in center if you get a left fielder. And what you could do with this is maybe get a starting pitcher as well to add to that great pitching staff surrounded by DeGrom, Carrasco now, Stroman, and they're going to get back Syndergaard. So maybe you could get a guy who will be your fifth starter, but who's more like a three or four to ensure that rotation. Maybe you could accumulate a little prospect uh, capital back as you really didn't give that much up for Lindor, but we know Brody gave up some prospects for Cano and Diaz that did not work out that great, but I think we've touched on that enough in prior episodes. But overall, yeah, I, I think mean, Sammy, prospects, sorry, to, sorry to interject, but you know, we wouldn't even be good. having this. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now if uh, Jad Kalanick was in the mix for the Mets. He'd be the That's answer. At, he'd great. be the answer in the outfield that we've been looking for right now. No need to sign Springer if you have Kalanick there. He is very good. I think he. I'm not a huge. Uh, prospect follower I mean I I look at the top ones but they're very hit or miss you know top uh 100 prospects but if I were the Mets get some prospect capital back and what you could do with that is have access to future trades maybe mid-season relievers or something to maybe shore up at third base if JD Davis isn't the most reliable and on the Mets side I think Pete Alonso I do not feel is the culture of the Mets many may say he is, but I feel like he – I actually met Pete Alonso once, and I feel like he he wasn't not a nice guy or anything. I just feel like Steve Cohen has instilled something different where Pete Alonso is not the infrastructure, not necessarily that the Mets are built on now. It's more through the veins of Steve Cohen, and I feel like the Mets – it would be better for their baseball team and in the long run better if they traded Pete Alonzo, assuming they got good value back, of course. Yeah, again, interesting proposition on your part. But personally, as a Mets fan and seeing the impact that he has on these fans, you saw everything he did with the, you know, promoting the September 11th attacks and having the Mets try to wear, you know, the caps of the of the officers. And this guy embodies New York. He wants to be here. He wants to change this franchise. He wants to put them back on the pedestal again. And I love that in him. And he's the he's the type of guy. He's almost like. He, his character resembles David Wright in many ways, and Mets fans absolutely adore the guy. So we'll see what happens with the Mets, but I think it's Francisco very unlikely. Francisco Lindor is going to be the new David Wright in, assuming he lives up to his hype Look, in Flushing. So are you Pete talking Alonso, about perform, performance-wise or character-wise? Because he's he's, a, he's an awesome he's an awesome character as well, from what I've heard. Haven't been the yes. biggest follower of Lindor throughout you know my baseball viewing very days. Very energetic, but you no know, energetic. Really awesome dude. So really happy to see him on the Mets. He seemed thrilled about it. Same as Carrasco. So we'll see what happens on that end. 
So let's finally move on right here to another big headline about a potential trade. We have no clue if this is going to happen or not, but it's definitely an interesting enough conversation to bring up. Deshaun Watson seems to be absolutely furious in Houston right now. He was supposed to have a say per reports in the hiring of their new general manager, and the Texans instead went ahead without an opinion from their franchise quarterback and hired Nick Cassiero, who is who had his interview today and his press conference. Not the interview. He had the press conference in, on the Zoom meeting today in front of uh, the media and had a pretty impressive um, performance according to what we heard. But regardless, Watson is not happy. And we've seen him send some cryptic things before on Twitter, and we've talked about this before in prior shows. Not a big fan of the cryptic texts and tweets. You know, I just think it's useless and it just spurs unnecessary drama. But what we did see, which was caught on film, NFL films to be exact, was after the heartbreaking Week 17 loss last week against Tennessee, where Deshaun Watson did everything in his power to keep the Texans in that game, and the team absolutely choked just like always at the end. J.J. Watt, a really close friend and teammate to Deshaun Watson, put his arm around Watson. He says, and he pretty much said, look, Deshaun, we failed you this year, man. We wasted one of, we wasted an absolutely brilliant season from you. He said, we should have 11 wins this season. And look, I wasn't the biggest Watson supporter going into the season. I, I know I didn't see him on the same tier as guys like um, Rodgers and Mahomes. And while he might not be on the same exact tier, I think he's a lot higher than many people had him going into the season in terms of just their overall perception. He had a really wonderful year for this Houston team. And unfortunately, it was masked by an awful team performance. So with all this being said, Sammy, break this all down for us. What do you see as the future for Deshaun Watson in Houston? Well, Cole, Deshaun Watson, you touched on. He was absolutely majestic this season. He led the league in passing yards with 4,823 yards. More than Mahomes, more than Josh Allen, more than Aaron Rodgers, and more than Tom Brady, and more than Russell Wilson. I mean, more than anybody. So when you look at it, yes, he wasn't up there in passing touchdowns because they traded his best receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, for basically a second-round pick and – a bag of footballs. I mean, you really can't do that when you have the best. Yeah, I mean, and you only football. had David Johnson for around half the season. And while he was yes. effective down the stretch, didn't matter because they I were thought, so far. But... They were so far out of the playoffs. It didn't matter. He had one okay week one performance. Got people got people a little excited, and then he just got injured and got COVID the rest of the season. And he had a nice three or four game stretch for anyone who had him in, on their fantasy teams to close yes. out the year. He looked pretty decent. But this is not the David Johnson of the old. This is not even close to what it is. He's an absolute shell of himself right now. And we saw what Hopkins did for Murray down in Arizona this year. A really productive season. And it's a shame that Bill O'Brien self-destructed this Texans team. You know, that's true, Cole. But there's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting the different result. And what I don't understand with the Texans is why are they hiring a GM from the Patriots organization? They just fired Bill O'Brien, who was from the Patriots organization. I mean, they already tried that, and if it didn't work, why are they trying to do the same thing over? I I just don't understand. Clearly, Deshaun Watson didn't get a say in that, and maybe that's why they went in the direction they did. But 
guys like Deshaun Watson don't come around every day, and he's not in every draft. Maybe every two, three years, it's amazing how him and Mahomes were in the same draft, but guys like him only come around every three to five years, and overall, if I would not trade him, but again, we may be looking towards an Andrew Luck situation where they're not surrounding him with the offensive line help or the weapons to have him prosper, and that may really hurt him in the long run as he's running for his life, literally. I know they have they traded two first-rounders for Lamry Tunsil and more. That was a horrible trade. I know they needed offensive line help desperately, but again, it just shows the incompetence of Bill O'Brien as a GM and the whole Texans organization and the dysfunction they have had since they came to be a franchise in 2002. Yeah, I'll hit you with two things right now. The first one is, you know, looking at your comparison to Andrew Luck just now. It's interesting, and I'll have to say this as someone who absolutely loved Andrew Luck, and we've talked about this on many shows. I don't think we're going to see something like that ever again. He's a we- He is a weird, quirky dude. He had his sights set ahead of him, and while it is the same situation that they did effectively ruin his career by surrounding him with absolutely nothing to support him, at the same time, I don't think Watson's going to retire. But, you know, he's not going to be on this team anymore if they keep it up like this. That's the thing. So the second question I'm going to propose to you is obviously they have their executive right now at, at general manager, but is this even like a, a desirable job to you? You know, they have Watson, who is obviously solves that problem at quarterback that so many GMs look to have solved and would some of them would pray to have solved like that. But they're in a terrible spot right now. They just went 4-12. and They had the third pick in the draft that they now had to forfeit to the Miami Dolphins because of that trade, the Laramie mm-hmm. Tunsil trade that you just mentioned before. And then they don't even have the 35th pick either because that's in Miami's hands as well. I mean, it's a terrible you situation. You, can't, you really cannot make it up for this Houston team. So, you know, I'll hit you with two questions right now. Um, a... Will Deshaun Watson be a Texan in week one? And B, you can answer this regardless of your first answer. Give three realistic spots for Watson if you were to get traded. All right, Cole. So I'm going to answer this with not a definitive answer, but I'm going to say he will, next to his Google page, have Houston Texans quarterback, but he will not play week one on the Houston Texans, meaning he will be holding out, in my opinion, and hoping for a trade. It may happen, it may not, but if some possible situations, I don't think he'll be traded before the draft, so I think that somewhat eliminates teams that have a very high draft pick, and remember a Khalil Mack trade a few years ago that was right before the season, and they got two first-rounders for him in future years. I could maybe see something like that. Obviously, for a guy like Deshaun Watson, it starts with three. It starts with that minimum. I mean, when you look at it, I remember the Browns a few years ago offered for Andrew Luck three first-rounders, and it was declined. So I think that should be the starting point for a guy like Deshaun Watson if they needed to trade him. But teams need quarterbacks always. We're not going to really know until after the draft who goes where, but if some teams who need a quarterback, maybe a Carolina Panthers. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is solid, yes. I don't know if they're going to take a guy in the draft this year a little too low to get one of the top top upper echelon guys, but they could trade for a guy like Deshaun Watson, and they already have a very solid culture with Matt Rule, who I really like. 
He's a great motivator, great head coach in my opinion. And they have some decent weapons and decent defense to surround Deshaun Watson with. And they may not be instant Super Bowl contenders they won, but they'll definitely be a solid team and could definitely make some more additions. So I could definitely see that as a possible destination. But as I said, maybe I don't I was looking and I was thinking some of the bottom teams again, but I didn't really see anybody maybe besides San Francisco also, if they don't uh, draft a quarterback or find a long-term guy, they have a great culture and system in place. I could see them, but besides those two teams, I really can't see anybody else. I did not see a third team. Yeah, bring up really interesting points there, Sammy. Another classic hot take from you saying that Watson will be on the roster and holding out week one. That's was not my first uh, thought when coming up with my answer for this question. I guess mine's a little bit more boring, but I think he's going to be on the team in week one. I think they're going to understand the value of having a quarterback already solidified on this roster under contract. That's a massive, massive thing for this team. But in terms of potential destinations, you know, I think if he were to get traded, it would be before the draft. There are two really, really, or three big prospects that top this draft. Of course, there's Trevor Lawrence, who's going to go with the number one pick. And then Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, whatever order you put them in, I think um, Fields has solidified himself over Wilson after that last semifinal game. I find it kind of crazy that people are still ranking Wilson over him. Let's not overthink it here, guys. But... I think if you were to get Watson, were to get traded, the Texans would go, if they are going to go full rebuild, you're going to have to go and find some young quarterback. So why not take a team from the top three picks to potentially deal with? Um, some teams I put down, I put down the Miami Dolphins. I think they are going to move on from Tua as much as you're going to hate to say that. After I know. one season. That's Look, outrageous. We've, we've, seen it, we've seen it before. It's not outrageous. And we saw how it worked out with other teams. Tua did not impress He's me been to solid. the slightest bit. He is not. What games have you been watching? I went to. I have seen him in live twice, Cole. And in those games, he. He, he didn't throw the ball more good. than five yards down the field. It's terrible. But he's they don't very trust accurate. Him. They don't tr- I don't care accurate. He did not produce anything for this offense. He Sammy. throws they, into such tight windows perfectly. I mean, he's but you can't survive as with you, his short passes. You can't survive in this modern-day NFL landscape throwing five- and seven-yard passes every single time. I know you're going to say, oh, well, Tom Brady did that. Or maybe I, that's something I would say. That's a completely different scenario that's there with him. something you would say, Cole. That is something I would say. But again, with Tua, look, it's another classic situation. And we've, I've, talked about, uh, I've talked about this frequently. They don't need to trade Tua, but they have the ability to trade Tua because they have a number three pick in the draft. And from what I'm watching, whether you think Tua, was, Tua is good or not, regardless of that fact, I just don't think they were that confident in him. You see what happens. Sammy, before you, before you interject on me right now, before you interrupt, I want you to hear me out. If they had confidence in him, he would not be throwing the ball in within five and seven yards every single play. We saw what happened against Buffalo. He looked terrible, and they're fighting for their playoff lives, and they're not even letting that guy throw the ball down the field. They, they, took, the, they took Tua out in a game that potentially decided their playoff fate to put in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is not a part of their team's future, and they took Tua out of the game, Sammy. 
they don't have confidence in this guy. And they have the ability, they have the space, and they have the, um, you know, the safety, like the safety net to trade, to afford to trade Tua and get a guy with a higher ceiling. Tua is a game manager. This Dolphins team, look, I know they might be pride in their defense. Maybe Tua is the perfect quarterback for them. But if they're not confident in Tua, and I'm not in the the um, the back rooms in Miami. I have no clue what's going on there. But just from the body language I saw, they did not look confident in Tua Tungavaloa this whole season, Sammy. They did not look confident in the guy. They really did not. So if they are to trade them, I think Houston would be an interesting spot. Either they can go after Tua and take a chance on him, or they can get Tua and that third pick, or use that third pick on a quarterback. There's a lot of different areas you can go with this one. So I think Miami's a really interesting situation, and they'd be in immediate contention if they were to add Deshaun Watson to their team. Very interesting part right there with Watson. The thing is, if they were hypothetically to trade the third pick and Tua for Watson— they're going to add a lot of salary because remember, Tua is on that rookie deal, and that third pick would also be. And Watson is getting uh, the mega bucks. So as he signed that four-year extension, remember for I think it was something crazy. But I'm sure it was. when you look at it, when you look at it, I mean, I would trade that third pick if I were the Dolphins and trade down, accumulate more assets. It's a nice draft for receivers at the top and even in the mid-round, uh, mid-first round. And maybe you could move down to maybe the 10, 12-ish range, take a very solid wide receiver, accumulate more picks, improve that offensive line even more, get some more weapons for Tua. That defense is solidified and get a better offensive line and just keep running the ball. Tua, I think they're going to trust him more next year. He's going to be healthier. Remember, he's still recovering from his back injuries. And Cole, he was great at Alabama. And I don't think he has proven that he's bad in the NFL. Sure, maybe he hasn't jumped off the page. But just because Justin Herbert, my guy, as I'm a Charger fan, is playing phenomenal, we shouldn't take that. Shouldn't make this Tua has look nothing worse. to do with Tua. It does. And look, I think you, I you think know me, does. Sammy. I've given I give quarterbacks I give quarterbacks multiple chances after their first years. You've seen me. I'm. I still think Josh Rosen is good for. for I God's agree. Sake. I mean, like that, I mean, that's another story. I, like it's it's ridiculous. But you know, with Tua, look, I don't think his career is over already. I'm just saying from a perspective of the Dolphins, I just don't think he's their guy that they want there. Just, just from seeing the confidence they had from him on the field, regardless if he's going to be good or not, I still like the guy. I think he can be. I think he can be a decent quarterback. But just the way they're utilizing him, they showed every sign that they had no confidence in the guy. I know they. I mean, it almost seemed as they were forcing him on the field. And look, I think there still is an element of him needing to be comfortable. But if he wasn't okay, you can't put him in the game there just for the sake of it. If he's not okay, then leave him on the bench the entire year. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick, and who knows? Maybe they'd be in the playoffs if Ryan Fitzpatrick was the like starting quarterback the entire season. Who knows? I, I mean, who knows? Ryan it, it's Fitzpatrick a, it's a very, is not a playoff he, type look, quarterback. I'm not. I'm not. Sammy, well, first of all, you had the Dolphins win the AFC Championship, so I would not talk right now. But um, <laughs> that was a hot take. Yeah, that was a ridiculous take. I, I killed you for that. And now look. Oh, um, I like to have sizzling takes. It makes the show sizzling. very you burn You burn the house down, Sammy. But um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, look, 
I know he the, had the Fitz tragic meltdown with the Jets against Rex Ryan back in the day when they ruined the terrible season. He's always Fitz but, tragic. He's Fitz magic but, until he isn't. It's but that's what I'm always saying. happened. I never understood why people think he's some world beater. There's a reason why this guy has not been a starting quarterback throughout his career. It's because he's not that good. He really isn't. And he'll win you some games. He's fearless. He really doesn't care at this point in his career. He'll do anything to put his body on the line. And I respect the hell out of him for that. But the reality is he's not the future of this team. So we'll see what the Dolphins do. I think Watson would be a really nice fit in there. We'll have to see what happens. They could afford it, to be honest. We'll see. Two other teams Cole. I put in there. I don't even know if it's worth saying before you go. I put the Jets on there to see if, for some reason, the Jets wanted to create a package alongside with that number no. two pick with Justin Fields. It's interesting, Sammy, because let's say they need to move on from Watson. They get he's a not going into they a get better a... situation. I, no, I, I, trust me. I, I mean, what, you Actually, you know what? I'm going to argue that here. I think the Jets going forward will be in a better situation than the Houston Texans. The Texans are stuck right now. They're 4-12. and 12. They don't have a first or second round pick this year. It doesn't look like they have great management. True. They have no head coach right now, nor do the Jets. But the Jets seem to be impl- implementing some new philosophy, putting the power in the hands of Joe Douglas, the general manager. Finally, after all these years, not having some puppet general manager and puppet head coach, they actually want a head coach that wants to solidify a culture into this team, and I respect them for making that decision. When I Watson, see the Jets I mean, do that, I will pack, believe it. Uh, trust me, I'm a Jet fan. I completely agree with you right there. But if they were to package the number two pick and two of the Seattle first-round picks, and maybe even more, and they get their solidified quarterback already, and they have no worries to see if, again, part two of seeing if their top three pick quarterback We'll get to the next level. If Houston needs to trade Watson, it's an interesting idea to potentially go and get capital, Justin Fields. Yes. They have the capital. They have the cap space. I would not be shocked if the Jets made a run after him. And look, it might be a hefty price to pay, but they will have no quarterback controversy or questions anymore. They will have their guy. They won't have to wait and see if. Justin Fields will be a good quarterback. With Lawrence, I think it's a different story because I think he's a guarantee to be amazing in this league. But with Fields, you know, obviously outplayed Lawrence the other night, but we still don't know because we saw a lot of poor games in the season. I don't know if Fields is going to be the guy yet. We, we really don't know. So we got 10 minutes now, and it's time to go over our playoff predictions for the super wildcard weekend in the playoffs as a whole. So just to recap, you know, we weren't able to finish out the season on game picks, but Cole finished out of the 43 games that we picked. Cole finished with almost a 500 record, 21 and 22. Sammy, 13, 29 and 1. Absolutely Cole, atrocious from you. That record is incorrect. You, that's, what, that's what you wrote on the script. I no, did not write I, that. I guess I meant to write uh, 15, 33, and 1, I believe, was my it's final not much, record. It's not much better. <laughs> That's not including our, my picks. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. I went fu- wait, Robert. wait. Oh, so you didn't oh, – oh, those picks. Okay. I didn't include those. No, but okay. I included our – did you include our last week's picks together? Like the like our last show? Yes. All I know is I went 5 and 1 that week. So, actually, I might be oh. 26 and 23. Oh, I might be three games over. I, I went five I'm not and one. Very good. <laughs> yeah, my Sammy, playoff picks to... are going to be much better, though. Mark my right, we'll, words. I we'll mark, I have we'll mark some hot takes. I'm about to. Uh, I have my oven mitts on and ready to release them. <laughs> Let's fly through this right now. Um, we, our games of the week segment will just be all the playoff games. So we'll start Colts at the Buffalo Bills. 
Bills Mafia, minus six and a half. Who are you taking upright? All right, Cole, I don't think this is any surprise, but give me Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, MVP caliber player. He's in that tier with Deshaun Watson right below the Mahomes of the world, maybe Rodgers, and give me Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills. It's not even going to be close. Yeah, look, I love the Colts. I'm a big supporter of them, but I just don't think they're going to get done against this Buffalo team. I've officially jumped on the bandwagon. I'm taking the Bills in this. I'm taking the Bills in this one, Sam. I had some humility. I realized my mistakes. 2021, it's a new me. I'm going with the Bills. Um, Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are favored by three and a half. Who are you taking in this one? Jared Goff, a question for this game. Jared Goff, I don't believe is going to play, and if he does, he's not going to be 100%. So give me Seattle in Seattle. Not sold on the Seahawks as a team, but I just feel like they're the superior team. Simple as that. Yeah, this is my probably lock of the week. Um, I'm taking the Seahawks in this one to win, and we'll see what we if I take their spread later on. But um, Buccaneers are going to travel to play the Washington football team in FedEx Field. Who are you taking in this one, Sam? Cole, give me the football team. I mean, Washington. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen. That I love defensive it. Rush is how you, you, if you rush Brady, that is how you win. We saw the Broncos do it to him a few years ago and get to the Super Bowl. And I think Chase Young is going to make Tom Brady stay miserable. Jonathan Allen, also on the inside there. Give me the Buccaneers. Uh, not the Buccaneers. Give me the... Washington football team to win outright and obviously with the points as well. Sammy, as much as I want to do that, as much as I want to have, I'm going to be rooting my butt off for the football team to win this game, especially for Alex Smith. But even if they, even if they hold I am Tom a Brady, Alex Smith. even if they hold Tom Brady to 13 points or 20 points, I just cannot see Washington scoring that many points. I, can I love see them Alex Smith. That. I love them. But I just don't think they have the offensive firepower and ability to put that many points up on the board against the Buccaneers defense. If they're playing at their top level, they're still a top 10 defense statistically in the NFL. I could see them putting up 23 to 25. I think Washington Washington is going to cover. It's going to be a a much closer game than many people are anticipating. But I just cannot see Washington even keeping up with the minimal amount of points that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to score. Um, Do we know if Mike Evans is playing in that game or no? I do not believe he he is probably not going to play, I heard. So that also right. played into my decision. And I think Alex Smith is he's healthy now. I think he's ready to come back, prove the world wrong, take down TB12, and I think the Washington football team is going to win. Drinking the no. Kool-Aid. <laughs> All right. Even if Tom Brady wins this game, he still only has one win against uh, over 500 team all season. So just keep that in mind when you're watching this game. Um, Ravens at Titans. Titans are actually given three and a half points in this one. Who do you have? Give me the Titans. This was probably the toughest game of the week for me. I mean, I think Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be close all game running back and forth. But overall, you have to go with the leading rusher in the NFL. Derrick Henry deserves a lot of recognition getting over 2,000 yards. I was looking week six after week 15. I'm like, there's no chance he could get to 2,000 yards. He needs like 350 more. Guess what? He did it over 200 yards in week 17 to take home the rushing title for the second year in a row, get 2,000 yards, give me Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans to run through Baltimore again. But keep something in mind. Baltimore has been 
the hunted in previous years. And now they are going to be the hunter going on the road in the playoffs for the first time in the Lamar Jackson era. Keep that in mind, but give me Tennessee to win just like last year. I'm taking Tennessee in this one. You know, I'm never a big Lamar Jackson fan, and everyone's buying this hype now. Didn't you see where they played in the last stretch of the season? They played absolute mediocre. garbage. They played nothing. Mediocre, mediocre, is, mediocre is being nice to see what they played in that schedule. They played no one impressive. Good for the Ravens to build up some momentum, but I think it's false hope. This is not a good Ravens team. I think Tennessee wins this game. Um, let's move on to the next one. Bears at the New Orleans Saints. Saints are favored by 10 points in this one. Who do you have? Give me the Saints in this one. I love the Bears. The points I would probably take them with. That's not a lock of the week, but I think the Saints are probably going to win this one. Michael Thomas obviously hasn't been really playing this year, but still they have Drew Brees, and it's in that dome, so give me the Saints. Yeah, you know, not a huge fan of the Saints in this playoff run. You'll see that in a second, but I think that they're going to be able to, just being at home, they're going to be able to outpower this Bears team. Again, it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think. I think 10 points is too much. I'd probably take the Bears in this one, but New Orleans is going to win this game. And to cap it off, this Kevin Stefanski-list Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you have? Give me the Cleveland Browns. So, pound, I know I'm definitely going to regret this. It's in Pittsburgh, <laughs> but I mean... He already knows. I mean, the oh, Steelers God, are... Sarah. I don't trust them at all. I mean, they have... Their receivers are young, not playoff... Don't have the playoff experience. Lack, uh, they're high talent-wise, but I feel like they're not established yet. Big Ben, I don't trust in the big situations this late in his career. He's not the Big Ben of old, and... Simple as that. Give me the Browns. That Dude, the, running Browns game is the, Brown, the Browns with Kevin Stefanski almost lost to the Steelers' B team last week, and the Steelers now get their A team back, and the Browns lose okay, their dude. head coach, which is a huge thing right there. Now they have a special teams coordinator as the head coach. Give me the Steelers in this one. This is a no-brainer, in my opinion. The Cleveland did not look that good that season. this season outside of one half against uh, Tennessee and maybe one half against a Baltimore team that's really not even that good, and Tennessee's just as suspect, so... That's uh, my take on that one. Locks of the week. What are you taking on this one, Sammy? You can give two, give three, give four, however, however many locks you think. You have enough keys. All right, Cole. So I have two locks this week. Obviously, I'm taking Washington with the points as I had them to win outright. So I'm obviously going to take them at eight and a half. Give me them with the points and give me the Bills to cover. Big Bills to cover at home, Orchard Park against the Colts. Give me them to cover. Those are my two locks of the week. Cole, what about you? All right, for my locks, I'm taking Seattle minus three and a half. Well, you can take it right now. Again, I don't even know. If, if Goff plays, he's not going to be anywhere near full strength. I'm taking Seattle minus three and a half for sure. Um, Tennessee, I would say that's a lock. I think they're going to win outright and give three of them and a half points anyway. I'll take that. And then, no, that, that Washington game and the Bears, game, Bears spread, both plus 10 are both extremely interesting lines, Sammy. I wouldn't call them locks. But if I had to take those two lines, and I, I, you know, they said Cole, you can take it right now, five, four, three, two, one, take them. I would take the Bears line, and I would take the Washington line, respectively. I think both of them are going to keep it within ten points. All right, to close out the show, top three bold predictions for the postseason. Sammy, you know I never come with the the bold takes in the show, but this time I really have them. So let you go first. All right, Cole. Unfortunately, in this show, I will only have two bold takes, but we will give our conference championship picks in a bit. But this 
this first take will go into that. The championship Sunday in the AFC will be the Chiefs and the Bills in Kansas City. But in that game, Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs, the leading receiver in receiving yards this season, are going to go into Kansas City and win. Everybody is saying all season, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, nobody could beat him. But I have just fell more in love with this Bills team the more I see them. They're heating up. I don't think they're the same team that lost in Buffalo to the Chiefs earlier in the season. And give me the Bills in that one. My first hot take. My second of my hot takes is that the Steelers, who were 11-0, not so, so hot, but the Steelers that started 11-0 will be one and done in the playoffs. Not so, so hot, but those are my two hot takes for the playoffs, as I gave some other hot takes around the uh, sports landscape during the show. But those are my two hot takes for the playoffs, Cole. The second take. I think all four winners in the divisional round will defeat their opponent by at least 10 points. That means Green Bay is going to defeat Tampa Bay by over 10. That means Buffalo is going to beat Pittsburgh by over 10. That means Kansas City is going to beat Tennessee by over 10. That means Seattle is going to beat New Orleans by over 10 points. I think all four of those games are double-digit victories. I could That's see that. That's an interesting one. Very interesting on that end. And my final one that I'm riding on, I think Aaron Rodgers has the greatest playoff run in NFL history for a quarterback. And what do you define that by? Obviously winning the Super Bowl, but what else, Cole? I think he's going to win. Not only do I think he's going to win the Super Bowl, so I guess I'll give my takes right now for conference championships to close out the show. I think Green Bay beats Seattle in the NFC Championship. I think Kansas City beats Buffalo in an unbelievably good game. I think that's the game of the year, better than the Super Bowl. And then Green Bay, actually, I don't know, because I think the Super Bowl is going to be amazing, too. Green Bay and Kansas City face off in the Super Bowl, and I think Aaron Rodgers beats Patrick Mahomes in that game and wins the Super Bowl. I think him and Adams have an unbelievable playoff run. I think just at the end, the headlines will be saying Aaron Rodgers had the greatest playoff run by a quarterback in NFL history. That's it. Mic drop. That's all I'm going to say for the rest of the show. Cole, that would definitely cement Aaron Rodgers' legacy. The guys winning one, two Super Bowls is a lot different. If you win two, you're, Aaron Rodgers has already proved his greatness, but that would just put him at another level. But for my championship games, I have Seattle losing to Green Bay as well, as I have them beating the Saints as well. And then I have in the AFC, as I said, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Bills beating the Chiefs, and then they go to Tampa and beat the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, they are going to bring it home. All those years in the 90s that they lost, four years in a row, Josh Allen is going to redeem it, bring it home for the city of Buffalo, Western New York, and they are going to do it. The Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. That's a perfect way to end off this show right now. Thank you so much for that, Sammy. Really nice being back with you on air, and we will see you guys next week. We'll probably be completely wrong on everything, but oh, there's the the bells at Sayasa High School. Say your line. Bells at Sayasa High School. Excuse the bells at Sayasa High School. All right, Cole. Have a good one. Have a great night, guys. Thank you, everyone who listened, and we will see you next week.